Los Angeles. Or good morning. I'm, I'm never sure which one to say because technically I guess it's it's the morning. But uh, but for me, it's evening because I haven't gone to bed yet. And uh, if we're using a subjective standard, a standard completely up to me, I'm going to say it's good evening. And my name is John Noyes. I am your host this evening for Apologetics.com Radio. What we challenge believe is to think and think is to believe. Um you know, I'm in studio alone. I'm, I'm staring at the empty seats across from me, and this is this is a, a rare occasion. I'm actually kind of excited, a little excited, uh, just to spend some, I guess, alone time with you, the listener. And, and it's uh, you you are the reason why we do this. I want to make that clear with you guys, and then thank you so so much for all of your support. Because of your support, we are the longest running radio program here at KKLA with uh, more than 20 years live on on Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on how you look at it. And uh, you have been with us the whole way, and you do that by uh, giving us your uh, attention, but also by donating to us a tax donation, a tax, uh, tax write-offable <laughs> a gift. Uh, for us. And and if you'd like to uh, maybe participate with us in that way by partnering financially with us, uh, tax exempt is, is the uh, <laughs> is the word I was looking for. If you'd like to, to donate to us, you can do that by going to apologetics.com and clicking that donate button. And every penny goes to uh, keeping us on the air. None of us are getting paid. We're all volunteers here. We're just having a good time. And, and hopefully you're having a good time with us. And like I said, I am alone here in studio. And if you'd like to give me a call and ask any questions having to do with uh, values, ethics, religion, of course, apologetics, please do that. It's at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. And I'd love to take a swing at any question that you have. Uh, tonight, because I'm alone, I'd really like to just dig into what I think is one of the most uh, important topics that uh, that's out there. There's been a lot of discussion about it uh, for years and years and years, and um, and it's actually, to be honest, if I can just be honest with you guys tonight, like it's an issue I think that the church is is not doing a very good job of handling, and that is is having to do with uh, with racism and with justice. Uh, specifically biblical justice, having an, an appropriate and a right view of biblical justice, where are we looking to uh, for justice, for our definition of justice, but then also how we are carrying out justice in the culture and in the society. And uh, this is this is something that I've been working on for a while at Stand to Reason. I'm a, a full-time speaker, uh, Christian apologist, and content provider with uh, Stand to Reason. And you can see some of my work on on justice over there if you were to go to str.org and um, and you can uh, you can look at the blogs I've written recently on this issue and and I'd love to uh, just talk a little bit with you tonight I've also actually created a whole course at what we're calling str university stru and if you go to str.org backslash training you can find this course on biblical justice and the information I'm going to share is is there but it's um uh, separated into, I think five, I think I did five classes within the one course and each class is about a 50, a, a five to 10 minute video. And it's a, it's a good opportunity that we, at STR, we actually have a, a ton of these uh, courses. Now I, gosh, I, I want to say we have over 20 now up totally free and uh, it's a good resource for you guys. Um, if I'm a little nasally tonight, I, I apologize. I'm a little under the weather, uh, hence the empty studio. And uh, usually I drive in with my guys and they're missed 
tonight, but let's dig into uh, biblical justice and see where it takes us. And then feel free to call 888-995-5552, 888-995-KKLA. And I'd love to chat with you. You know, when we survey history and recent history and even longer, uh, specifically, okay, uh, May, May 25th, 2020, the, the world uh, almost quite literally seemed to be lit on fire when George Floyd died while being detained by uh, police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I remember being in that city actually just a, a few months after that. Um, we went to Minneapolis for our our, our reality conference and uh, where we're meeting the biggest church in, in Minneapolis. I actually just got back from there uh, again. So I remember that city, um, portions of it quite literally being on fire. You know, and and something was clear. You know, Floyd's uh, Floyd's death was tragic. Uh, it was horrific, and I feel like that gets lost. That understanding, that ad, uh, admission. So the the clarity on that is is that the, the George Floyd's death was horrific, and and I think all decent people should acknowledge that. And and uh, in the in the wake of that death, a tsunami of accusations about uh, America's systemic racism and white privilege uh, flowed and followed that death, uh, flowed out of uh, George Floyd's death. And, um, and, and it caught a lot of us Christians off guard, even, um, even though it really wasn't anything new. Um, at least the, the Christians in my community were caught off guard. You know, uh, racism uh, isn't anything new, and charges of systemic racism certainly haven't been anything new. Racism was an issue during, I remember, President Obama's first presidential bid in 2009. Or how about a 17-year-old Trevon Martin when he was shot by George Zimmerman on February 26th? 2012 in, in Sanford, Florida, Brianna Taylor, who was shot by police in her apartment on March 13th, 2020, um, apparent racial conflicts sur- surrounded President Trump's bid for office. And, and they even continue today. And then now that uh, the former President Trump has announced his candidacy for presidency uh, for the next year's election, I mean, this is all going to be spurred up. And how are we as Christians going to be responding? What's going on? In our culture, is our culture this corrupt? Is is racism systemic? You know, those are the questions that I think a lot of us are asking. We're not sure how to answer them, and one of the reasons why we, where I think we're not sure that how to answer is them, because 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 we're scared, because uh, because we're scared of getting canceled, or we're scared of uh, the repercussions of what we might say. But they're important questions. And, and there's, there's a lot of things, and there's a lot more than just the issue of racism or systemic racism that's brewing here. So uh, during the course of our, gosh, it's now I've got uh, less than an hour. I'd like to look at, at what the culture has been, been kind of offering to us as justice and how they've defined it. And from there, I'd, I'd like to go on to offer a, a better solution and define what true justice is. And, and as we come to understand what true justice is, I'd like to um, look at how we can participate with God in pursuing the true justice. You know, all, all the, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that's going to happen a couple times tonight, I think. You know, all the, all the mayhem that we've been experiencing in the culture has to do with, with uh, something larger, 
than racism. It's it's a worldview issue, as is as is most things, you know. And and, and we need to understand it. The the worldview that that and this is I, I don't want to get distracted here because I think that this serves as a distraction, but I think it needs to be mentioned. And and I'm going to get to this, but but the worldview that I'm going to talk about is called critical theory. And it's, it's been, been around for a really long time. So you see critical theory, it divides the world into two groups. This is really important to understand, uh, the, the oppressors and the oppressed. And these groups are made up of, of smaller cultural groups defined by race, sex, sexual preference, gender identity, um, and, and a ton of other things, right? And so, so when this, when this worldview, when, when critical theory focuses on race, it's what's known as critical race theory, CRT. And CRT is a term that's been thrown around uh, a, a lot in the last three years, four years, especially the last two years. You know, and, and so CRT divides people into groups by race and, and white, uh, white people are the oppressors and, uh, and the oppressed are non-whites, basically. And, and, and why I'm talking about this, because I think it's, under, it's important to understand that this is the prevailing view in academia today. Now, I'm not saying, as, as I dive into this issue of critical race theory, what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that this, that CRT, that critical race theory, doesn't point to actual issues. That's what critical race theory does. It actually points us, I think, to issues that are real and, and important issues. It just doesn't offer us a solution. There's no solution to it. And we're going to see that because according to, to CRT, the, the fundamental problem with America is it's, is, and I put in scare quotes, whiteness, you know, it, it's, it's caste system uh, based on skin color. The lighter your skin, the closer you are to the top of the system. And, and, and since the United States was founded largely by, by white men, racism has, has been woven into the tapestry of the American experiment from the very beginning. And it continues to, to corrupt uh, aspects of American life. So, so uh, to put it into like Christian speak, right? To put it into uh, so we can compare and contrast this view versus a, a different view. Uh, our, our original sin, according to CRT, is, is whiteness. You know, uh, but in, and then the culture of salvation from 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 that original sin, from that fall, begins when the oppressors become what's called woke, when they see and and repent from their own sins as oppressors and, and begin to dismantle the inherently oppressive structures of our culture. And, and since since whites, and, and, and I'm, I'm white, and since whites can't see their own racism, according to CRT, they need to learn to see the world through CRT lenses. And, and, then, only, and, then, and only then will... will racial equality be possible. You see, for, for CRT, salvation comes through law, not grace. Forgiveness only comes after complete and own ongoing capitulation. And I know this because I've talked to CRT advocates, and I am actually probably more sympathetic to the CRT perspective than most people who sit in my seat. I am... Uh, probably way more sympathetic. And it's an interesting place to be because oftentimes when I'm sympathetic with CRT, because I do think there are racial problems in this country. I do think that that racism uh, is systemic in certain areas. But when I say that, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm lumped in with the CRT proponents, but then I tear apart CRT and then the CRT proponents don't want anything to do with me. So now I have no home, but I'm just trying to be honest with, with, with my assessment of what's going on here. And I think that, so, so the ultimate ethic is truth, guys. 
I want to believe what's true. And, and ultimately, uh, CRT, this is the truth of the matter. It's, it's, it's rooted in the blend of two worldviews. It's rooted in Marxism. That's where they get the oppressor and the oppressed elements. And then secular humanism. It's the belief that humanity is capable of complete self-fulfillment and rescue by its, by its own effort, apart from any type of or gods, gods or God. However, once God, guys, once God is removed, so is any objective standard defining what it means to live a fulfilled moral life. Without any anchor, we quickly drift into subjectivism and relativism and feelings rule, in other words. And that's what might makes right. You know, this poses a huge problem for, for CRT or, or, or critical race theorists or, or CRT advocates because the whole framework is ethical. Oppression is wrong, guys. Anytime we see it, we should fight it. Racism is wrong. Anytime we see any semblances of racism in our culture, we should fight it. But why is racism wrong? Why is oppression wrong? Why does, why does every black life matter? In a world without God, these ethics are nothing more than personal preferences, mere opinions. It's like me saying, I hate Brussels sprouts. You know, this is, this is the cultural understanding of justice right now. You know, and, and this is where CRT, I think, really falls short because in its system, baked into the system, um, there's no standard. And that's the question that we should always be asking. By what standard? You see, I, I can't be clear enough on this. CRT points us to real issues that are happening in the culture. But it really can't say anything about them, not in an objective sense. Because it, it's a view that's based on a foundation without God. And without God, you have no objective moral standard. And this is the cultural understanding of justice. There's a better alternative to CRT. That's Christianity. See, Christianity says our fundamental problems sin. True original sin places all humanity on equal footing. Notice this. From the very beginning... Christianity places all people, regardless of, of, of color or creed, on equal footing. We're, we're all equally fallen. We're all sinful. We're all broken. We're all in need of a rescue. No one's exempt. All have sinned, Paul said. All fall short of the glory of God. Yes, sin includes is racism, the discrimination, and bigotry, but it includes a, a, a lot more than that. And yes, uh, oppressors are sinners. <clears throat> but but so are the, the oppressed in their own ways. You know, CR, CRT's uh, solution succeeds only in, in, in causing more division. That's the problem. You know, instead of dividing people by race, though, Christianity unifies people. We're all fallen image bearers. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and, and we, can, we can all be equal in Christ. The Bible tells us that there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's, there's neither slave nor free man. There's, there's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, the gospel is the great equalizer. You know, Christianity provides us the best reasons to believe that oppression is wrong. Every single human being is made in the image of God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them is what Genesis 
tells us. It's not the color of our skin or any other physical characteristic that gives people value, worth, or dignity. Rather, being made in the image of God is the great equalizer. This is where racial unity has to begin. The coolest thing, the coolest aspect about being made in the image of God, by the way, friends, is that you can't throw it off of yourself. No matter what you believe, you are made in the image of God. And for that reason and that reason alone, you are made special, unique, beautiful, and worth something. You're valuable because of the image of God. And ultimately, CRT, it's incompatible with Christianity. This isn't to say racism and oppression don't exist. They do. Bigotry abounds among fallen people of every race and, and multitudes are really hurting. And, and you know what? Like we lived in a, we live in a messed up country that's done really, but the people of, of this country have done really messed up things to each other. And, and we're now still suffering the consequences of them. If you're listening to this and you think racism has been dealt with in this country, you're blind. But as Christians, we fight for both justice and mercy Micah, he, he reminds us, the prophet, the Old Testament prophet, he says that, that what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? We do the hard work of, of, of humbly applying biblical truth to all areas of our life. There is no neutrality, and there is nothing on which the, 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 our Christian worldview doesn't touch on. Opposing oppression, when we, when we encounter it, we have to oppose it. But we have to do it while pointing people to Jesus, the ultimate unifier. And, and I hope that this adds a little bit of clarity to the kind of the social chaos that's been going on for a while, you know. Um, I know there's, there's probably a ton of questions. And feel free to give me a call at 888-995-5552. And we can wrestle through this together. But, but what I know is also that there's no need to be yoked to any Marxist man-centered philosophy to find the answers, but that doesn't mean there's not something valuable in CRT. And this is what I've been getting at a little bit. And I want to be clear here. We've, we've allowed ourselves, in my opinion, to be distracted by CRT. While, while our conversations have been profitable, kind of tearing down CRT, the issue of justice has been derailed by uh, distractions about, about critical race theory and social justice. We get stuck here and, 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 and then we don't move on to the real issues of the day. What we do is we focus on the system, on the philosophy but we miss the, the, the hurt and the sin and the people that the philosophy is pointing us to. So it's like this roadblock that I feel like Christians have just been stuck at. Yeah, we keep tearing CRT down, but that's easy. It's a broken man-centered philosophy. What do you say we get about now? Let's address the issues that CRT is pointing us to. Let's become uh, less distracted with CRT. It, it, it's not good. It's not valuable. It's not. It, it, it doesn't. It, it, it can't be uh, combined with our Christian worldview. They're antithetical to each other. But I think if we'd stop and take a closer look, we'd find CRT advocates are touching on real issues, and and it's an it, it, it's an issue that that only biblical justice has the answer for. Instead of honestly acknowledging that some of social some of the social ills CRT attempts to diagnose exist. We just keep tearing down CRT. And then, so I'd like to take the next step with you guys tonight 
uh, on the radio right now and, and understand uh, first what true biblical justice is so that we can offer the solution to the problems that CRT points to but can't offer the solutions to. So, so what is true justice? Good question. Uh, simply put, guys, uh, justice means rendering to someone what's, uh, what they're due. And, and notice something, though, that true justice requires the existence of an objective standard. This is what I was mentioned just a minute ago. That standard is God. True justice flows from the character of God, and it's inseparable from all of God's other attributes. You can't have God's love and, and not his justice. You can't have God's mercy and not God's justice. This is why any attempt to affirm justice outside of a theistic system, it's going to ultimately fail. So the utopia that's promised by government systems, it, it, they fail if, if they do not include God. This is really important. Whenever a conversation turns to issues of justice or equality or racism, the questions, and I mentioned this earlier, the question that we should always ask is by what standard? What standard is someone referring to when they say something is, is just or unjust? <laughs> In order for there to be, uh, be justice, there has to be a standard by which to judge the difference between justice and injustice. Where's that standard come from? Any appeal to any standard other than God is simply relativism. And we've talked about relativism for years here on apologetics.com radio. In relativism, justice simply means uh, or simply describes personal preferences, likes and dislikes, uh, or maybe emotions, or, or at best, <laughs> cultural conventions. And, but if relativism is true, then real justice, like real justice, a, a rule of justice that stands outside of human subjects, it can't exist by definition, because it's just up to us to decide. And then who gets to decide? Well, the, I would argue the elites in society. If we don't appeal to a standard outside of ourselves, we just get might makes right. But if justice and injustice are true, objective moral concepts in the world, then God has to exist. I love C.S. Lewis. He, he wrestled with this. I, I read a lot of C.S. Lewis. I highly recommend that, uh, that you do. He, he says this uh, as he was wrestling uh, with, this, with this idea of a standard as, as an atheist. C.S. Lewis was an atheist, if you guys don't know. He was an atheist before he became a prolific uh, Christian apologist, Christian author. He wrote the Narnia series. He says this. He says, of course, I could have given up any idea of justice by saying it was nothing but a private idea of my own. But if I did that, then my, then my argument against God collapsed too. For the argument depended on saying that the world was really unjust, not simply that it did not ha happen to please my private fancies. By what standard? That's the question we have to be asking. When anybody talks about justice, where are you getting your standard of justice? Because according to CRT, it's based on human principles, hu the human mind, the human intellect, human thoughts, human pleasures. It's the human standard, subjective. But the standard, if it's anything but an objective one, then there's no justice or injustice for that matter, by the way. <coughs> Excuse me, if there's no uh, injustice, <laughs> then what's the complaint? What's the complaint? You know, so, so without God as our standard, there can be no injustice. 
So that's our standard. And now that we have a standard to serve as our foundation for justice, we can clearly define justice according to what that standard giver says about justice. There's a fantastic book by this author. His name is E. Calvin Beisner, B-E-I-S-N-E-R, E. Calvin Beisner. He says, and I quote, the biblical concept of justice is rendering impartially and proportionally. Listen to this definition. It's really good. The biblical concept of justice is rendering impartially and proportionally to everyone his due in accord with the righteous standard of God's moral law. Notice, and then after the break, we're going to talk about this because we're coming up on a break, but after the break, we're going to talk about this. Notice that that true biblical justice requires uh, a number of things. Uh, uh, true true justice is is impartial. True justice renders to each what is properly due to them. True justice is proportional. True justice conforms to God's moral law and that standard that I was just talking about. So, so let's look at each of these individually. And, and we have about 45 seconds left before our break. And I just want to introduce true justice is impartial. You know, Moses, he hits on this as he instructs all the judges of Israel in Deuteronomy 1. And, and he says, hear the cases between your fellow countrymen and judge righteously between a person and his fellow countrymen or the stranger who's with him. You are not to show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You are not to be afraid of any person for the judge, for the judgment is God's. That's Moses. You know, it, it, and in God's justice, it puts a spotlight on, on those who are most vulnerable to injustice, securing equality and defense. And we're going to hit that up. I hear the music coming. So that's our break. But I'm going to be back in like 90 seconds. So I hope you hang in there with me. We're talking all things biblical justice. I'm John Noyes, your host. This is apologetics.com radio. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. The mission of apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to apologetics.com and click donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting apologetics.com. Hi, I'm Reverend Andy Bales with Union Rescue Mission. People who end up here at URM have come to the end of their rope. Men, women, and children who desperately need God's help to survive and rebuild their lives. Through your kindness, we are able to give them that hand up and out. Will you join us this year as a supporter of URM? A gift of just $25 a month will touch many, many lives. Find out more at urm.org. That's urm.org. Thank you, and God bless you. You know the name E. coli termite and pest control. Our station listeners have been trusting their homes to E. coli's termite and pest control for decades. Now, because they're in such demand, they have openings for additional termite and pest control technicians. 
This is a job you can grow in with advancement opportunity. If you're looking for a successful career, Ecola wants to talk with you. Ecola will provide the training if you bring the dedication. If you already have a technician's license, all the better. You need a good driving record, a valid driver's license, and most of all, a good attitude. This is a full-time career with benefits. To apply, just log on to termitelady.com. Termitelady.com. If you like working with others, have integrity and respect, this could be the start of a great career for you with a trusted company. To apply, log on to termitelady.com. Termitelady.com. Log on to termitelady.com. All right, let's get back to the apologetics.com radio show. And just like that, we're back. Welcome back to apologetics.com radio, where we challenge believers to think and think is to believe. I'm your host, John Noyes. I am alone in studio feel so empty by myself but it's also really fun because i get to talk about whatever i want and uh and i'd love to hear from you again uh, i'm going to give the number it's 888-995-5552 888-995-kkla and um and i also do want to remind you uh that it's the end of year and if you're thinking of a a place to to give an end of year gift to i i know apologetics.com radio would love uh, to, to partner with you in that. So you could do that end of year giving um, tax deductible gift at apologetics.com. You click that donate button for us. And uh, before the break, we were talking about justice, uh, biblical justice. And I had quoted uh, E. Calvin Beisner, and, and he's fantastic on this, by the way. Um, and he says, the biblical concept of justice is rendering impartially and proportionally to everyone his due in accord with the righteous standard of God's moral law. And I pointed out that that biblical justice, true justice, requires uh, uh, the number of things. It's, it's impartial. It renders to each uh, what's properly uh, due them. Uh, it's proportional, and it conforms to God's moral law. And then we started looking at the first one, uh, true justice is impartial. And I quoted Moses, and, and as Moses instructs the, the judges of Israel, um, he, 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 quote, uh, he says in Deuteronomy 1, 16 through 27, here are the cases between your fellow countrymen and the judge righteously between any person and his fellow countrymen and the stranger who is with him. You are not to show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You're not to be afraid of any person for the judgment is God's. You see, and what, what I find really interesting, and this is, uh, uh, kind of controversial here. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you see, God's justice, it puts a spotlight on those who are, are most vulnerable to injustice, securing a quality of defense. You know, sometimes there's a, there's a partiality shown to the great, so so we need to aid the small, so, 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 so they're not treated unjustly. An example of this today that we see in our current culture is, is when lawyers, for example, offer pro bono defenses to clients who, who need it most. They defend the poor for free oftentimes. And actually, oftentimes, uh, the, um, each state, their bar association would uh, requires law firms to do a certain number of pro bono hours to benefit the culture and the society so that it's not just the rich who are getting the best defense. It's important to understand this, um, that uh, also, though, uh, it, it's not just for the poor. 
Okay, God doesn't bend his his standard of justice to favor the poor. Uh, we're not to favor the rich in judgment, uh, but but we're also not to favor the poor either. That's that's God's law. Both are unjust. In Exodus twenty three three, Moses instructs Israel to to never show favoritism to the poor in in a dispute. He he, he says this in in Exodus twenty three, you shall not follow the masses in doing evil. So, so this is actually, now that I'm thinking of it, reading it to you, it's really relevant today. You shall not follow the masses in doing evil, <laughs> nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after a multitude in order to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his dispute, nor shall you be partial to a poor man. You know, God's requirement is, is true justice, not preferential treatment under the law for anyone, rich or poor. The standard never bends. It's not subjective, it's objective, and it never changes. But, and this is a big but, this should never distract us from caring for the least of these in our society. I think we're failing at this as a church. The reason there's there's this focus is because the poor are particularly vulnerable to injustice in ways that other people aren't. You see, this means that the, the, the poor are more frequently victims of injustice than others are. You know, scripture often associates uh, poor uh, helping the poor with, with, with justice. For example, uh, Solomon, he says, uh, give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice. May he vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. You know, King David, he says, I, I know that the Lord will re- maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. You know, hel- hel- and, and, and I want to be clear about something here, because sometimes we conflate justice with helping the poor. Simply helping the poor is not justice. Helping the poor is charity. The verses I just read, though, and, and many more, are appeals to give justice, to, to, to vindicate the afflicted. Who've been, who are being treated unjustly by the oppressor and being abused by the wicked, you know. And, and vindication comes by by judging with truth and defending the rights of those that that the scripture call afflicted and needy. Here's the point, and, and why I'm spending so like a belabored like I'm belaboring it, spending time on it because it's important. You see, the the poor are easy prey for the powerful. And, 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 and that makes them easy victims of injustice. And this has to be remedied. This is one of those things I think CRT points to. But we have the solution. CRT doesn't. You know, in, in, in no way is poverty itself evidence of justice, uh, by the way. <laughs> uh, this isn't what the Bible teaches. The Bible does teach that, that we administer justice for the rich and the poor alike. However, <laughs> we're, we're especially alert to injustice for the poor, the vulnerable, and the oppressed because they're more vulnerable to unjust treatment. And, and, and uh, there's so many scriptures that support this. Uh, it's all over the scriptures. So that, that's the first principle. The second principle is that, that true justice renders to each what's due, but I have a caller, so I'm gonna take that first. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, Crystal from North Hollywood, are you, are you live? Are you on the on the line with me? Hey, how you doing, sir? Yes, I am here. How's it going tonight? Oh, it's going well. It's going well. How about yourself? It's it's going pretty good. It's getting better now. I'm less lonely. I have somebody else to talk to. 
I'll, I'll pass midnight. I know, but this is this is insane. <laughs> uh, so it says on my notes here that you have uh, that you want to talk about critical race theory. What's on your mind? Yeah, so you know, I just want to start off saying that I'm a sister in Christ. I've I've been saved. I'm in my 30s. I've been saved my entire life. Um, I'm also black. I'm a black woman. So mm-hmm. I hear a lot of the talk about critical race theory, and I just think it's interesting. I can appreciate what you're saying, um, whereas you're looking to the issues that critical race theory is pointing to instead of just saying deny, 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 um, and coming from a Christ perspective of what is justice, and are we basing justice off of a biblical perspective? And, you know, I don't think anyone in, a, in the black community is calling it critical race theory. We're just calling it the black experience from, you know, our, our experiences usually being way different than the majority experience. So I think that when we are talking about justice, I don't think anything is anti-biblical. Like, for example, thou shall not kill, but the only argument we can make there is that it's the old testament we have a new covenant covenant but jesus still doesn't want us to kill each other so when there's examples of black people being killed and to your point where you're in, like maybe it's these impoverished people who are more so being taken advantage of by more powerful people um you hear black people and brown people cry for justice and i do believe that's biblical justice simply because the Bible says thou shalt not kill. So I think that critical race theory, when people hear even those terms, it can be a little bit offensive to certain communities, because if you just Google critical race theory, it just says like an alternative view of racism. And usually that alternative is to deny. So the alternative, so so what you're saying is... Where this gets problematic, or one of the, one of the places for that's problematic, is that it seems like uh, this is what I'm hearing you say, and, and totally correct me if I'm if, I, if I'm wrong, Crystal. So what you're what you're hearing is uh, there's two things being said out there right now. It's either the critical race theory option, like so, the critical race theory is uh, seeking to shed light on these these major issues that are happening in the culture, or there's the that or there's the people who are just denying that these things exist. Yeah, so so when we talk about critical race theory, everyone's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about critical race theory shouldn't be taught in schools yeah. or like let's have less of critical race theory. But I think that on the other side of it, it's literally just a group of people's experience. Yeah. And a lot of those people are Christian brothers and sisters who happen to have more pigment or more melanin in their Sure. But they're crying out and saying, like, hey, <laughs> we're struggling over here. You know, like, our sons, our daughters were dying. And when yeah. we're calling for justice, all of a sudden it's not biblical as if God never said, like, yeah. thou shalt not kill. Yeah. I, I couldn't actually, you know what, Crystal, I can't agree with you more, I don't think, like, in what you're saying. It's, uh, I, I, I mean, I see it happening. I, I, I see, like, right now it seems like, like so, so there, there's a cry for justice. And then there's a group of people who are trying to answer that cry with what we're calling critical race theory, right? Yeah. And then there's a group of people that that seems like they should be for true justice, 
biblical justice because they're Christian brothers and sisters. So what they should be doing. So Jesus says that you'll love that they will they will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. That's what Jesus says. And so so if we're going to be about loving people because because we're Christians, uh, we should be moving towards these issues. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing instead a focus on tearing down a, a philosophy that we don't like. So what we're doing, and this is exactly like kind of the main point I was trying to make in the first maybe five or 10 minutes of, of what I'm talking about here is that I think, I, and I think you're onto something here and I agree with you. I think that the Christian community by and large has been distracted by CRT and we've left alone the actual issues. So we tear down yeah. a false philosophy because it, 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 it is a, like, let me be clear, like CRT, although it might sound appealing. And like you said, if you look it up, it's just a alternative definition for, for racism or whatnot. It, it, it's a system that, the, that seeks to pit people against each other. It does. It's, it, it's the oppressed versus the oppressor. And the, the goal of the system of CR or any, any critical theory system when lived out. Now, originally, like the, the, and we don't have time to get into the whole history of CT, like critical theory. Originally, it, it, it's, it's just meant to be a tool to assess legal situations. So it, so it, when used as a tool, I think it's, I think there's, there's good things to it, but when it's applied, when we try to apply it to a, a real life situation, the solution is to make the oppressor, the oppressed. So yes, exactly, but notice, but, and- but notice in that system, you still have an oppressed class of people. There's no equality. Whereas true biblical justice so what I'm appealing to tonight on the radio here with, with you, Crystal, I'm, I'm hoping I'm joining you in this, or I'm hoping you're joining me yeah. in this. I don't know how it works. Yeah. That I, I just know what I want to see. I want to see justice. I want to yeah. see justice for the oppressed, justice for the needy, justice for the poor, regardless of, of, of how you said, I like how you said it, how much, how much melanin your cells have. You know, what I want to see is I want to see us actually live out the gospel, meaning everybody is made in the image of God. You know, and, 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 and try to try to move away from even these categories of, 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 of race, which are, I mean, I, I'd, I'd argue they're cultural conventions. I mean, these things, it wasn't until modernity that people thought in terms of, of race. Um, right. And so. Right. And, and, and dividing people. Now, so I, I just always have to get back to one of my favorite books in the Bible, which is Romans and Romans <laughs> 2, 11 says, for there is no respect of persons with God. And I know right. my mom said it growing up, God is not a respecter of persons. And I think that if we get back to that as a nation and understand that there are different experience and experiences in our nation, whether you grew up white, if you grew up black, if you grew up Latino, if you grew up any, like, Asian, whatever yeah. it is, um, I think there can be, you know, I, I told you, I'm a black woman. I studied Chinese in high school. I've been all <laughs> over, like literally all over the world. Like my heart is in ministry. But you, we have to realize that not everyone looks like us, thinks like us, acts like us. Our culture can be different and confusing if, you, if you're being honest. You Absolutely. I, mean? so I, I, I think that if we can get back to not being respecters of persons and just so in our own clique, that I think that's what blinds us as people, because if our goal is to be more like Jesus and more like God, he says it right there in his word. He didn't, he did not stutter. He did not make any mistakes. And he said, he's not a respecter of persons. Like he, he came to save the world. 
Yeah. And, and uh, I, I, I agree with you on this. I think that I, a lot of this has to do with communication and dialogue as well. You know, uh, you know and, and, and oftentimes it's interesting when we have this discussion about ra- race and, and racial issues, usually it's a black-white dynamic. And recently I was listening to a talk uh, of a friend's, I can't remember the uh, online, the, the, the name of the talk, but he, uh, he, he, he drew out the conclusion. He said that, uh, that often left out of the discussion are also, you know, like uh, Native Americans, right? Indigenous people. Are, are are still subject to, to to racism. I mean, they were subject to racism before, you know, African Americans. Yeah. I mean, before the slave trade started, you know, uh, in in the founding of our country and stuff. So it's like what we need to do is, as I like what you said is, and this is another thing that that as normally as conservative Christians, and this is where I get myself in a little bit of hot water too with conservative Christians. I, I am a conservative Christian. Like I am like as like I'm a conservative Christian, you know, but like we hear things like like what you just said. You know, we don't all come from the same place and we all have different stories. And and it's right. it's important to be listening to each other's stories, not just to like dismiss them, but actually because we're interested in them. Why are we interested in them? It's because that person is made in the image of God and they're valuable. So like when I right. say that, what, what people hear, I feel like sometimes from the conservative Christian crowd is I'm trying to relativize everything and it's all about, you know, personal stories and just because you've experienced it uh, makes it uh, somehow true of all people. And that's not what I'm, that's not what I, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think that's what you're saying, but I think what it's important to do is like, like for example, okay, for example, when, when, uh, when, when a, a black or brown man is shot by the police, that's going to affect you differently than it's going to affect me. I don't need to agree with your emotions, but I can sympathize with them. I can say, Hey, Crystal, I am so sorry. Like I, I, you know, I'm not saying sorry because I even did anything. I know I didn't do anything, you know, but I can still say, sorry, I love you because you're made in the image of God. You are my sister in Christ. And I want to let you know, I'm here for you if you need something. You know, and right. I think that that's, and instead what I hear, and maybe this is, you know what, like this would be fantastic if, if it's the minority view and they're just the loud minority. But instead what I hear is I'm not racist. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not, you know, right. or, mm-hmm. or, well, he, he, you know, he, he was fighting the cops or, oh, well, he didn't die of that. He died of fentanyl or, or, you know, I mean, it's like, well, let's stop, stop explaining these things away. Let's join yeah. each other in their grief. I mean, this is what Paul tells us to do. Like Jesus said, like when we grieve, when, when, when a brother or sister in Christ is grieving, we should grieve with them. Right. You know, we should, we should and, just. And you know what? My mother growing up, she would say some, some people, the only Bible that they will ever read is your lifestyle. So, you know, I, I don't really like to define myself as like conservative, or liberal or whatever sure. it is. Like, I'll, I'll keep it as, like, I I follow the Word of God. Like, I saved my virginity until I was married. I didn't get married until my 30s. But I also know how to get along with anyone who doesn't share the same views as me. And I think that when you get back to, you know, the message that, that Paul, that, that one of the greatest in, 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 in the early times of spreading the gospel, as he put it, um, being able to sympathize and love with love on someone, um, even if they don't believe what you believe, yeah. even if they don't think how you think, like that could be the change in their life that that sticks with them forever. So, um, and, so I, and I think that you're right. I think a lot of times when when things happen, like maybe there's a killing or something like that, people are like, oh well, I'm not, I, I might be white, but I'm not racist. 
But that's not the response that we need, um, because a lot of times I think today in the modern era of like community community journalism, where everyone has a cell phone and people in the in the black community are like, well, how come someone uh, uh, someone who is white did the same thing, but the cops took their time instead of automatically like taking out a gun and killing them? That causes a lot of pain. It causes a lot of strife. So knowing that, you you know, God's people should be the first people to come out and to, to lend a shoulder for someone to cry on. Even if you don't agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even like I can look at a situation like th- this is just part of the human experience, Crystal, right? You and I can be standing right next to each other and we can see the same exact event happen and we can view it in different ways. But that does right. just because we view it in different ways and we have different thoughts about it doesn't mean that we can't. Uh, commiserate with each other. It doesn't mean that we can't just listen to each other and and talk to another and say, hey, I'm here for you. I don't need to agree with you, but I'm here for you. Right. And and I think that yeah. that's so, so I love what you said because you, there's in First Corinthians, Paul says this, he says, though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Right. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. You know, and, and he just goes on. And then I love this. He, he says, this is in verse 22. So, so it's 1 Corinthians nine twenty two. To the weak, I became the weak to win the weak. I've become all things right. to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. And I do right. all of this for the sake of the gospel. That's my share right. and it's blessing. And, 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 and hear me, like I'm not arguing for relativism here. You know, I'm not saying like there's no true, there's no true North in these issues. Like there, there is a true North. But what I'm saying is that when I'm talking to somebody like, like you, Crystal, like it sounds like you've had a good life. You've had a good experiences, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we can, we can celebrate in that and say, thank God, you know, and just like if I'm talking mm-hmm. to somebody who has the opposite experience, I, I have a friend who he, uh, a black man, and I was talking to him this week. I was at a huge theological conference. I was talking to him. He's, he traffics in this area in, of, of, uh, you know, race issues, critical race theory and stuff. And I asked him, has he ever been subjected himself to racism? And he just kind of laughed, you know, he's like, well, yeah. I was like, well, when's the first time you remember? He said that he remembers in third grade, the first time, this is the Mm -hmm. first time he remembers it. He said in third grade was the first time he was called the N word Yeah. by, by a classmate. And it it stuck with him. He remembers the kid's name. I mean, we're talking 40 years ago, you know, remembers the kid's name. And then, and he says, that's not the worst of it, but that's the first of it. And, and yeah. then, and, and so like, and instead of me saying, oh, well, he's just a stupid kid. He didn't probably know what he was saying or just trying to explain it away. I said, man, that, how did that make you feel? Like, how'd that make right. you feel? You know, how's right. that affect your life moving forward? How's that affect, like, I, I don't, I mean, I was picked on and stuff. We're all picked on, you know, uh, but, uh, but I don't have that same experience. So why right. not just ask him about it? Because why he's made in the image of God and I, and I love him. You know, and then, and then we can talk like once we have the reputation, once we have the rapport, once we have the friendship built, once we have an understanding of each other, where we're coming from, then maybe we can talk about the hard issue and say, you know what? Like, yeah, these George Floyd, that was awful. I mean, it's horrible. There there were so many horrible things about that situation. How do we solve this problem? That's where I want to go, you know, and I don't think CRT is the way. But I think, I think yeah. we have the way it's called, it's biblical justice. It's called the gospel. 
You know, the gospel is yeah. the great equalizer. And when we search through, when we look to God for justice and we apply his model of justice to situations strictly, and know what that means, Crystal? That means you and me, we got to be not just honest with each other, but we got to be honest with ourselves because we all have blind spots. And there's yeah, certain things that, not, that we don't see in our own life. And then there's certain areas where you mess up and I mess up and I don't even know it. And that's yeah. where the community of God comes in. That's a beautiful thing to be part of the, the community of God because then we can point in to each other and say, hey, John, you know, you said this, this happened and it's not a race issue, but I, I have a fellow pastor um, that I, I pointed out. He's, he's a big dude. <laughs> like he's just a big right, guy, right. you know? And I said, hey, he's the biggest guy right, right now in the building, you know? And not realizing, oh man, he's sensitive about his weight. Mm. Oh, you know, and I didn't realize it wow. until, but I have right. a brother who loves me enough that in my next elder meeting, he said, you know what, John, like I looked at, I looked at, I looked at him and I could see the air just rush out of him. Mm. You, you hurt him. And I was like, oh, and then what do you do? You go say, you know what? I didn't mean that. I'm so yeah. sorry. Will you please forgive me? You know, right. and, and there's, right. that's how we do it. And that can be done on a bigger scale too. I don't see why not. Um, but it's start- I'm with you, my friend. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome, it was, Crystal. Uh, great to have about uh, a good, a good fifteen or so minutes. Hey, you, you are up, so uh, so I'm going to take all <laughs> your time. You know, <laughs> but I appreciate you, Crystal, and, and and keep up the good work with whatever. You sound like an articulate young woman, so I hope you're having success in whatever that is. I appreciate that. And keep God keep chasing you. Christ. God bless I'll, you. I'll call again. I please do. Bye-bye. Please do. Bye bye. Yeah, I, I love having these conversations, guys. I, I would so much rather talk to you than than uh, you know just like to talk to myself in a in a room here. I know I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you when I'm not talking to you. But even if it kind of doesn't get, we don't get all the information. We've got like three minutes left, so obviously I'm not going to get through all the points <coughs> of what biblical justice is. But I think Crystal in the call, she, we uh, we got to a a good place. One CRT is not the answer. It's just not. It, 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 all it does is, is it, 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 uh, it's a cycle. Just like any naturalistic process, just like any uh, naturalistic solution, when, when it's always going to point us inward to ourselves, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, seeking our own you know, uh, solutions to stuff. And, and it's, it's subjective in nature, and it's, it's just cyclical. So, so in, with CRT, oppressor becomes the oppressed, yeah, and, and, and the system starts over. And that's not how we want to be. Instead, we should pursue true biblical justice, which if you guys want to hear more about, you can go to uh, standtoreasonstr.org. You could read my blogs. I'm John Noyes. I kind of explain all of these things. In, 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 I wrote a series of four or five blogs. Also at STRU, you can see the videos of me kind of teaching this stuff. And they're, they're high production quality, but we talked about true justice is impartial. Uh, the next principle, and we've got like literally one minute, is that that, 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 that in my ear I'm hearing it's one minute, you know, and, and true justice renders teach what's due, you know, and uh, we should be pursuing true justice is my, is my point here. We don't, I don't have a, a formal wrap up uh, because I, I really enjoyed my, my conversation with Crystal. So uh, where does it start? Guys, it starts with you. It starts with you St- studying God's word. And joining God in the dynamic relationship and, and partnering obediently with God and standing for biblical justice, you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and standing firm. And, and as we partner obediently with God and we stand for biblical justice, our sensitivity to justice issues, they're going to increase. 
But it all begins with knowing God's moral requirements and and being willing to obey them, to to live them out, applying them to all areas of our lives, even when, even guys, when that that runs counter to the culture or even our political uh, social or social groups. Uh, let me say that again. Even when it runs counter to our current political or social groups, we chase the standard of God's moral law, not for salvation's sake, but because we've been saved by the blood of Christ and uh, and by his blood alone. Hey guys, I appreciate your time. It went quickly. I'm John Noyes. This is apologetics.com radio, and uh, we will see you next week at midnight. See you then. Bye-bye.